All right, good morning, church. It is great to be with you all today. Uh, my family have uh, just been so encouraged to be with the Wichita Church family here. Uh, we just thank you so much for your hospitality. We had a lot of great conversations yesterday, meetings, and uh, great uh, fellowship over at Mary's, and great food, and um, and we stayed up late talking and conversing, and it was a full day yesterday, uh, but uh, just, just encouraging, just a uh, to, to sit down, to have conversations, to hear the church's heart. And, um, you know, we've just been praying that uh, God is in control and that God is making things clear. And, um, you know, but, uh, yeah, we're just excited to be here. Uh, Maggie's going to be coming up and joining me a little bit and sharing today as well. And uh, so um, we'll get a, a slide up here. But uh, last week, uh, Maggie's grandmother, Betty, turned 90. And her grandfather, George, will be turning uh, 93 in May, and they'll be celebrating their 72nd anniversary. Um, so pretty, pretty incredible. Uh, but we were reminiscing, you know, looking at some photos from our wedding. Uh, we're coming up on 18 years. Uh, we married in 2005. And, but we were reminiscing just how many have passed away since our wedding. Uh, you know, we've we've uh, seen three grandparents pass away, three uncles and one aunt. And then more recently, Maggie's bio dad, Don Harkin, uh, passed away this past October. Um, and so uh, the next slide will show her dad with our three girls. And um, so Harkin is Irish. And so uh, her Maggie's great grandfather actually came from Ireland uh, over to the States and uh, so we'll get into that a little bit later, but that's that's how we ended up in Ireland. It was Maggie's fault. She wanted to explore her roots. Uh, O'Harkin uh, was her maiden name. So, uh, but uh, you know, our families ha- make up the many puzzle pieces of who we are and where we come from, right? And uh, that leads me to the title of today's message: "Where I Come From." Amen. And so we're going to just kind of walk you through a little bit. We have three points today uh, of where I came from, where I come from, and where I'm going. Uh, This picture here is actually taken at Giant's Causeway, which is in Northern Ireland. And uh, all the rocks are hexagon-shaped rocks. And legend has it that the Giants uh, actually made the the rocks, and they had this big battle there in uh, north of Belfast in Northern Ireland. But, uh, you know... It was amazing. It was, so when they talk about go visit Ireland. You definitely need to go visit Ireland. And we felt so spoiled to have lived there uh, the couple years. And so, yes, happy St. Patrick's Day. And in our, in our frazzled state trying to get ready to come here, we didn't even celebrate St. Patrick's Day this year. We didn't even wear any green this past Friday. But, uh, yeah, we won't say anything to our, our friends back in Ireland. So, But where where I come from, you know, the inspiration of this uh title came from Alan Jackson's song, Where I Come From. And so if you remember some of the lyrics from that song, it says, because where I come from, it's cornbread and chicken. Where I come from, it's a lot of front porch sitting. Where I come from, trying to make a living and working hard to get to heaven, where I come from. So that was Alan Jackson's song. And it actually inspired me to write my own version of where I come from uh song but this is a while back and i'll leave that for another time i'm not gonna share it today all right so 
<laughs> but, but I do want to ask you today, where do you come from? What would your song say? When Madeline was around five or six, we were living in Tulsa, Oklahoma. She said with beaming pride, I'm a Butterfield. And, you know, to which I responded in pride saying, yes, you are. However, what she said following stopped me in my tracks. She said, Daddy is like God, and God is awesome. This statement both encouraged me and challenged me, as you can imagine. Because it's, it's humbling to know that, you know, my daughter looks at me to see God. And I know that I'm just a tiny fraction of a representation of who God is to her. And like Alan's Jackson's words, I'm working hard to get to heaven, right? And I imagined in that moment that I needed to do everything within my power to help my family to know the Lord and to be with him in heaven for eternity. And we praise God that Madeline made the decision to make Jesus Lord at the end of 2020, December of 2020. And we are so proud of her and seeing her grow in her faith, knowing that all of our moves and transitions has not been easy. Uh, but we are so proud of her and her own faith journey. And, uh, you know, her, her, you know, baptism really inspired others in uh, the church in Springfield to get baptized as well, which is really amazing. So point one, where I came from. So there's Madeline's baptism photos there. Ephesians chapter 2, if you guys will open up there, I'm going to share a little bit out of Ephesians 2 and then also a little bit out of Philippians. So Paul is speaking to the Ephesian church, trying to help them to remember, trying to encourage them. I appreciated uh, this uh, new new setup with the communion. Uh, I've personally not done anything like that either, and uh, but but it is it's a it's a remembrance, right, of what the Lord has done for us, and and it's it's awesome to do it together as a church and and to pray together and and to remind each other and encourage each other what would the lord say to you amen what is he saying to you i I love that paul says in ephesians 2 verse 11 therefore remember that formerly you who are gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision which is done in the body by human hands remember that at that time you were separate from christ excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise without hope and without God in the world. I don't know about you, but just that reminder that I was excluded from citizenship, that, you know, I was without hope. I was without God. You know, as I take myself back before really knowing the Lord, that's that was my life. I was without hope. I was lost. I was confused. I was in a desert land. You know, so it just makes me think about and reflect on where I came from and my roots and my origins. And so I'm just going to share just briefly, and then Maggie can come up and share briefly, the, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Okay? So the ugly was I came from a family who lost their dad who was only 32 years old in an automobile accident. He, uh, he hit a patch of ice on Highway K-4 uh, just south of Salina, jackknifed. He had a trailer, wasn't wearing a seatbelt, was pronounced dead on the scene. 
I was only six at the time, and then my oldest sister was around 13 years old. My other sister was 11. So my mom is now left with her three young children, and they were also on really hard financial time. So she was didn't even have a clue how she was going to take care of us. And then my stepdad, he and his wife had just gone through a really hard divorce. And so he had, I have my two sisters and myself, and then uh, my stepdad has four children, two daughters and two sons. And, and they just went through a terrible divorce experience. And then my, my parents now, my mom said that they met and were married about two years after all this took place. And so my family moved into their house. And can, so you can imagine how my step-siblings felt about that. There was still a lot of anger, still a lot of confusion. And so they were not happy about my family moving in to their house. So that was the ugly. That was the, the tough part. The bad was I came from a family as a result of all this pain and, and struggled to connect emotionally. Uh, you know, it's hard to, to talk about things and to converse, and um, as many of us have probably experienced, right, growing up. I came from a hard-working family farm. Grew up, my stepdad, they owned a, a farm with his brother and his dad and farmed a lot of alfalfa and uh, had cattle and, you know, several, um, you know, about a about 2,000 acres of land that we farmed. And so hard workers, but it really, the hard working just kind of dulled the pain, right? You could focus on work so you didn't have to deal with the pain. I uh, came from a fa- uh, family where siblings had a hard time trusting and confiding in one another. And because of my Gentile roots and the examples around me from peers and just those who say, hey, I'm a Christian, but, you know, they lived a life more like Gentiles. I was led into cursing, deceitfulness, sexual morality, drunkenness, hatred, fits of rage and the like. Again, remember that at that time you were separate from Christ. And that's where I was at. The good was that my bio dad and my mom did love God. They did their best to, to teach us about God. And I remember my dad had a guitar and he would sing some songs like, Jesus loves you, he's got the whole world in his hands. And, and so I, I can vividly remember some of those times and those experiences. And then even when my mom and stepdad got married, they would send us to Sunday school class and to VBS in the summers. And um, we would, of course, as a whole family, go to Easter and, uh, you know, celebrate as a family Easter the once a year. But that was the only time I actually went to church once a year as I got older. My parents didn't go to church, but they sent us to church, okay? So, so by the time I got into high school, I had stopped going to church myself. But, uh, but because of this, I had grown up believing that I had accepted Christ as my Savior, uh, that I was in right standing with God. However, in Galatians 5, when I studied the Bible and Paul lists out this list of sins and says, anyone who lives like this will not inherit the kingdom of God, I was like, uh-oh, I'm in trouble. So I'm going to invite Maggie up now to share where she came from. I probably don't need this. I'm kind of loud. So People, um, people online. Hi, everybody oh, online, by hi the way. Hi, everyone so online. You need to Where's the camera? Share to oh. that. So. <laughs> okay, mine's kind of just a synopsis here. I just wanted to so where I came, come from, came, came from, from yeah. where I came from, 
September 1st, 1982. I was born at Wesley Medical Center. I'm from here. Um, I grew up in my early years near Riverside um, until my parents divorced when I was seven. Um, and then I eventually, we kind of made our way and we ended up in Derby. I know, I went to Derby, guys. I'm sorry. I know that's kind of a source. Is that good? Okay, yeah. that's good. I mean, <laughs> I'm a, go, go Panthers. I know, I know there's some Southeast people here, so, you know, it's kind of a sore subject. But um, from Derby, you know, and I remember learning about God. I w actually went to Catholic school um, for kindergarten, St. Joseph's. I don't know if anybody knows where that is, but um, my dad was Catholic, and so we, you know, practicing. I remember learning about God, having an awareness of God, but not, not knowing how to really connect with him. You know, I was kind of on my journey. Um, I had to go on my own journey of searching until I truly reached out for him. I was really just kind of in a desperate place because I was just, there was a lot of brokenness in my family, divorce, mental illness, addiction, all these things, you know, and as a child, you just, you're like, oh, this is normal, and you're like, oh, no, it's not, you know, <laughs> as you get older, um, it's not healthy, um, but I was really looking for love and fulfillment in all the wrong places as a teen, um, just do it, making really bad decisions, you know, get it giving, I had too much freedom to make some of those really poor choices. Um, many high and low moments. You know, I loved my child. I loved being a kid. I just have that childlike spirit. I love life. I love people. I love having fun. That can be good or not. You know what I mean? So it's two sides of uh, the same coin. But I, I feel like I had a legacy of brokenness that I just identified with too much. You know, I just kind of felt like, oh, I'm too much or I'm, you know, not enough or, or whatever. You know, and I just, I, I really wanted to know God. You know, um, my parents, we kind of went to church off and on, and so I just felt like I, I had a lot of religious experiences at, like, church camps before I started coming to this church, and, you know, I just wanted to know God so much more, um, and so I appreciate that I kind of had some of those early roots, but I was still searching. Amen. You know, it's a devastating realization, right? When we come to understand that our sins separate us from Christ right. and excludes us from citizenship from heaven, especially when we are convinced that, hey, I said the sinner's prayer and I prayed Jesus in my heart and I believe and that somebody told me that that, that gets you into heaven, right? And the scriptures say something different. Jesus says something a little different. And you're like, whoa, you know, that that's a hard realization to come to. Amen. And then which leads us to our second point where I come from. Where I come from. And let's continue reading Ephesians 2, verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Amen? Amen? <laughs> that should be a big amen. Uh, consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with G Christ Jesus himself as our chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. So, so I love Paul's words here because he's like, remember, this is where you were, but this is where you come from now. This is who you are now in God's family, with God's people. So who I am today has a lot to do with where I did come from, came from, you know. However, today I can confidently say that I come from God and I am a citizen with God's people and a member of his household. Amen. Thanks be to Jesus, who I used to be is not who I am anymore. Yes. 
And I am constantly being transformed, becoming more and more like him. Praise Jesus that I'm not becoming more and more like the world, but I'm becoming more and more like him. You know, while at my late grandmother's funeral, this is my mom's mom. uh, I was talking with one of the funeral home attendants and came to learn that we were distant cousins, that he was actually a cousin of my uh, grandma Butterfield. That's my dad's grandma. And he's like, hey, I actually have the genealogy of the Butterfield family all the way back to the 1700s. He's like, if you want to learn more about it, I I can share it with you. I took his number down, and I I literally forgot that I even had this conversation until I was looking at some notes, and I was like, oh, no, and I've lost his number. That was before we moved to Ireland, and so... I don't even know if this fellow is still with us anymore, so unfortunately. But however, this morning, there is a greater genealogy for us all to study out, and that is the genealogy of the family of God and the faith of the brothers and sisters who have gone before us and that we understand where we truly come from today. And thankfully, We have a huge portion of this genealogy laid out in the scriptures for us to study, which is amazing. Amen. All the details and all that we have to look at the genealogy of the scriptures is amazing. You know, I am so grateful to Ziegler, who reached out to me when I was officiating a basketball game in Lawrence, Kansas. Uh, And he invited me to this three on three basketball tournament. And there was a men's worship service beforehand. Um, you know, but it's funny because later he told me he actually did not like my officiating, just like I did not like the officiating yesterday during the Kansas game. I'm sorry, that was a curse. <laughs> uh, but but uh, I'm grateful. Look past my officiating and said, "You need Jesus." <laughs> and uh, you know, after this tournament, uh, many of the men came up and said, "Hey, would you be interested in studying the Bible?" And I think. God has a way of softening our hearts, right? Because my team happened to win our division. So my pride is, you know, kind of knocked down like, oh, this is awesome. Sure, I'll study the Bible to you guys, you know. And uh, Little did I know it was going to be life-changing. And then I, I, I'm just grateful for guys like Josh Talley. Maybe some of you know Josh and Shana Talley there in Lawrence, still very faithful part of the church there. And Steve Stevenson was leading the church at the time. And uh, the impact he had on me as a young man and being a part of my studies and many others. And, and, and then I'm just so grateful for the, the many others that have believed in me along the way, who have poured into me, who have mentored me, who have encouraged me. And, you know, and I think about, you know, um, just the fact that I never felt like I deserved to be in a ministry. And I, I don't deserve to have an awesome, God-fearing, amazing, beautiful woman as my bride. I don't deserve to have these three beautiful girls that I get to be their dad. And I just feel so, so blessed. And I feel unworthy and so humbled to have been a part of so many amazing fellowships, literally scattered throughout the world. And today is a very special day because 23 years ago today, Maggie was baptized here how crazy is that we didn't even connect the dots until Maggie's like wait that's my spiritual birthday 
That's a, that's a God-ordained thing. On that note, I want to invite her up and share about where she comes from. Okay, I, it is crazy, the, the time and how God works. Um, you know, so where I come from, I'm going to say come. come. Yeah, we're come here at this point. I was just confused from the first, from the beginning. Okay, so where I come from, my truth faith journey with God began here, in this church. You know, that baptistry. I mean, I do you have the picture? Is that uh, the next yeah, slide? Yeah, the next slide's picture. Picture? Yeah. It's the only one we could find. It's not, oh, that's. Oh, that's, that's uh, yeah. That, oh, yeah. So, so Kelly Drukin reached out to me. I was working at MCI trying to sell phone service and doing it poor, very poorly. Um, she's like, why don't you come to church? I'm like, oh, okay. But she would drive to Derby. I had a car. And then she'd drive me to church all the time. You know, until I, I saw a baptism like that Sunday, I think. And I'm like, I want to get baptized. And she's like, well, let's study the Bible. You know, so I studied the Bible, and Jessica Sieber and her baptized me. And um, it's pretty cool. The Siebers are in Springfield, so we've been able to still connect with them, which is really cool. Um, but I just, I'm amazed by, you know, God giving, it's its really, I mean, think about all of, so many of you in this room. It, it wouldn't be possible. We wouldn't have this if it wasn't for you guys. Mm-hmm. Like, if it wasn't for this church, how God has used the Wichita church to further his mission. I'm just amazed that that's, that's God's faithfulness to all of us, you know, and I just, you guys are a part of that, that faithfulness. And that is what the Wichita church is to me. You know, it's a, it's a faithful, strong group of people who love, I mean, I'm just amazed like the organization and you guys, just people who use their gifts in the different capacities. Truly. I I see that. We see that. Like, I'm just amazed by that. So I appreciate you guys so much. Um, And thank you so much for giving me hope. I wouldn't have hope. Singing that song, Mark, that was like the perfect song. I don't know where Mark, thank you so much. I mean, he is a way maker and he is a miracle. You guys, if you'd have known my lineage, my history, I'm not supposed to still be married. I mean, truly. You know, my dad was married five times. I didn't know what it looked like to to really see a healthy marriage. So that's just his faithfulness in and of itself. And so I just thank you all so much um, for making it possible for me. And I hold you very dear in my heart. So. Thanks, babe. You know, I want to encourage you this week, uh, you know, and if you're visiting, amen, praise God. It's great to have you here. And just uh, thank your friends for inviting you out today. Amen. Uh, but but for those of us who, you know, as a result of somebody inviting us to church, it, it led us to salvation, led us to be in citizens with our Lord and part of his family, I encourage you to to reach out to that person and, and just say thank you. Even if they're not a part of the church anymore, just consider what that might do to, to their hearts and their faith. Um, you know, and just call them up. And then, and then maybe ask them, who invited you to church? And hear their story. And then I want you just to start to get a vision of how many people had to share their faith from Jesus to you. And think about that. You're a part of the genealogy of God's family. That actually goes all the way back to Adam and Eve. And that's what I love about the scriptures. Because that literally traces our genealogy all the way back to Adam and Eve. Which is mind-blowing, really, when you think about it. And now you're a part of that lineage. That's where you come from. Amen? Amen. Leads us to our last point, where I'm going. Where I'm going. We'll go over to Philippians 3 here. Paul's now giving some encouragement to the Philippian church. And here he says, but our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, 
who, by the power that enabled him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. How will you pass along the genealogy of Christ? What example of God are you setting for your children or your family members or for your neighbors? Who are you investing in right now to continue the genealogy of God? You know, I am humbled to see how God has worked in my life in the journey that he has taken Maggie and I on. Never, ever would have dreamt it. A Kansas farm boy who grew up in middle of nowhere would have had the experiences I've had because of him. No way. You know, I'm an introvert. I was shy. I was terrified to talk to girls. I mean, you name it. I was like being in front of people and talking to them and preaching. There is no way. That is only by the power of him. Not me. And so I just kind of want to walk you guys through our journey a little bit now. And Maggie talked about how her journey started right here in Wichita. And then she would uh, go on the mission team to Manhattan, Kansas. And uh, I know uh, many uh, went from here uh, to be a part uh, of the the planting there in Manhattan. And this is what I love about God's church, too, because all the interconnected crazy ways that we know each other and uh whatnot you know just even being in springfield who would have dreamt that you know 20 years later we would be reunited maggie would be reunited with matt and andrea lovelace uh and they become some of our dear friends uh that we would be reunited with the siebers denny and jessica and they're not coming to church with us right now but denny and i still hang out all the time and have great conversations and we love their family and uh, it's just crazy that that's God's kingdom, you know, just being a part of his family. Right. Um, and, and it's just it's just great to hear the stories and hear all the connections. Uh, go ahead and go to the next slide. Uh, so my journey started in Lawrence, Kansas, like I said, and uh, that that uh, that man on the far right, that's Shed Taylor. He's one of my best friends. We were baptized four days apart from each other. And uh, it was funny. You, you could tell how different we look, but people would get us confused because we were so tight together in the campus ministry. And he and his family now live out in North Carolina. And they've been incredible servants and been all over the place, too. And then Casey Ballard is the one in the middle. He was the first young man I had the chance to mentor and help convert. So he was my first conversion. So that was pretty amazing. Now, you see HYC, the Flint cabin, pulled out this old photo. And Alex is actually in there. I think that's him on the far right there. Um, and so Ronnie and I were counselors for a couple years. And I think I think I was Alex's counselor for like four years at, at HYC camps and got to watch him grow up, you know, before my eyes year after year. And so proud of him and that he's here just serving the church and God's using him in powerful ways. And uh, so that so that's cool. The kingdom again, just the how inner we uh, so. So, you know, that time in Lawrence, Kansas, um, I was able to serve uh, with the youth ministry and volunteer with the youth ministry. And I got a teaching degree in physical education and health. And 
I, I desire to be a coach. And um, you saw the, our wedding photo. And so Maggie and I started dating when she was in Manhattan. I was at the better school over in Kansas, uh, University of Kansas. So uh, we'll just keep it at that. Um, but uh, once K-State wins today, you guys can let me have it. That's fine. Uh, but, uh, but we dated for two years, long distance. Now, it's only an hour or so, but, but it felt like forever apart, you know, and that was a long time to wait. Uh, and finally, I was hoping to get her, you know, finished with school so that I could get her to move to Lawrence. And so she finally was finishing up her schooling. I was then working on my master's. So, um, you know, I proposed to her and then, you know, she got over to Lawrence and we're a week away from our wedding. And I get a call from Joel Pete up in Omaha, Nebraska. Hey, we're looking for a youth ministry couple. Uh, would you guys be interested? I'm like, well, I'm getting married next week. Can I get back to you, you know? And uh, so, so we get married, and two months later, we're moving to Omaha, Nebraska. And that was our start in the full-time ministry. Maggie finished up her teaching degree and actually taught elementary ed for two years up there in Omaha. And uh, so... We had a phenomenal time. It was incredible to see. We saw a lot of the teens get baptized during those couple years and uh, just seeing God do some amazing things. And we, we, while we were there, six months later, the, the Peds decided to go plant a church in Wisconsin. And so I was on staff by myself. I'm like, uh, okay, what am I supposed to be doing? And during that time is when we hired the Moretzkis, Greg and Kathy Moretzki. So I got a couple, we got a couple years to be with them. So that was a great experience. And then then mutually, we decided, uh, the church and us decided uh, that uh, they weren't going to have a youth minister anymore, and so we parted ways, and I actually went uh, to Kansas City for one year, and I was teaching PE for middle school and coaching three sports. We had Madeline while we lived in Omaha, and uh, so she was an infant when we moved to Kansas City, and uh, Maggie stayed home with her that one year. And then uh, fast forward, uh, we get a call from Austin from Dave Hooper. Vince Hawkins had given our name down there to him, and I had to break my teaching contract to go back into the ministry just one year after teaching, and uh, we moved down to Austin, Texas to lead the campus ministry down there for three years. Uh, That was an incredible experience. You can see that group there uh, on the right there in Austin, Texas. Um, You know, that, that was a phenomenal time because when we went there, we had a lot of the campus students had grown up in the church, and we heard the cliche kingdom kids, you know, whatever. And But then God just started working incredibly, and we started seeing several baptisms. We're studying the Bible with a ton of people, and then it became kind of weird, like the Gentiles I didn't grow up in church, and those who did grow up in church, they had a hard time kind of connecting and getting along. So we had to work really hard to build relationships and friendships amongst them. Some of them are now some still best friends to this day. Their families are growing. It's amazing. And But those three years, it was just incredible as I reflect back all that God did in those couple of years. That photo on the left is from Omaha. That's a couple of the, the, the youth from Omaha. We would go down to Juarez and do the Casas por Cristo. Maybe you guys remember, go to serve down there and build houses. That was a lot of fun and, and a great experience. Uh, we'll go to the next slide. And then uh, the Lord called us to Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, to go lead the church in Tulsa. And it was interesting because at the time, we we were actually going, you know, we're not sure if we want to do ministry still. And then God just put it on our heart. Unless somebody calls you out of the ministry, stop kicking against it. I've called you to the ministry. Give your heart. We did a 2020 vision. Anybody remember the 2020 vision? You know, we had Todd Assad and Mike Tolliver going. We were doing these Texas roundups, these leadership roundups. And like, who's going to go on the 2020 
mission, you know, where are you going to go? Where are you going to go plant a church? And where are you going to go strengthen a church? And we're like, I guess we'll go, <laughs> you know. And, uh, so, so we had a three-year plan in mind that we're going to get trained and get ready to go, you know, lead a church. Three years, three years. That turned into a three-month plan. That was God's timing to go lead a church. And we're like, oh, wow, you know. And, uh, but we spent four and a half years in Tulsa, and it was an incredible time. It was amazing to see what God did in those, uh, uh, you know, four years. When we moved there, there was only one member of the church that was in their 20s. We were married, We were around 30 years old as a married couple. We were the youngest married couple by like 20, 30-plus years um, leading a church for the first time, people that were 20, 30 years older than us. That was a little intimidating. Um, but if you guys look at that group of young men around me, I had the privilege to like, study the Bible with most of these guys. If you guys look close enough, uh, many, some of you guys know Nate Van. He's right there in the front because I was there with Nate Van, Nate and Noah Van, um, and they're both here in Wichita now. So, um, but, but God was just moving incredible in, in incredible ways. And uh, so I think by the time we, we left Tulsa, we had about a dozen uh, folks in their 20s, a couple of young married couples. And it was just amazing to see what God was doing. That was our going away party uh, there at the bottom. Um, so, so, again, uh, just incredible experience. Um, very steep learning curve for us leading a church for sure. Uh, but it was amazing what God did. And then for whatever reason, Maggie decided to put Ireland down in her journal and put a heart around it. It started telling me that she, she really wanted to go to Europe. And I'm like, no, no, I'm good. I'm a, I'm a Kansas boy, remember? Like, that's, I'm a Midwest guy. Like, I can't go over the seas. And uh, I'm good. I don't, I don't want to go that far away. And, uh, and then for whatever reason, I was on Disciples Today, and I was on the ministry search because we loved Tulsa. We didn't want to leave Tulsa. And sure enough, first thing that pops up, Dublin, Ireland. Like, can I just keep this between you and me, God? Like, I didn't see this. And, uh, but I did tell Maggie. I was like, see, I told her. I told her. Then she starts nudging. When are you going to email them? I'm not emailing them. And so she keeps nudging. And so I emailed them, and the rest is history. I, it, was, it was just crazy. God just started opening up doors, making it obvious that he was calling us to Dublin, Ireland. Just to tell you how crazy that move was even, we didn't know even if, you know, our visas and everything was going to work out. And we were kind of in faith, put our house on the market. And we were just like, okay, God, we don't know what's going to happen. And then we sold our house. And the day our house closed, we were flying on a plane, flying to Ireland. Tell me God doesn't know what he's doing. Amen. Uh, that was crazy. Uh, so we, so we, ended up, we, we ended up going to Dublin knowing that we're going there for three to five years because um, they were they hired us under a UK missions fund and they they brought couples to the churches in Scotland and Glasgow and Edinburgh and then the church of Belfast and so we were under this UK missions fund and knew that was just going to be for a few years um, but we were there for three years and it was an incredible incredible experience as you can it's kind of probably hard to see this photo but very diverse group in our you know we had nearly 40 members about uh, eight nations were represented, you know, great contingent of Filipinos and Nigerians. And we had folks from Brazil and folks from, you know, different parts of Asia and Africa. And, uh, and, then, and then we, you know, we just got to start studying the Bible with literally all nations. I was looking and like the, the young men that I had a chance to sit down and study the Bible with were from Malaysia, Nigeria, China, India, Brazil, France, Ukraine, Italy, obviously Ireland. 
I'm like, again, farm boy from Kansas. Talk about getting cultured, you know. It was like, whoa. But it was incredible. I, I, it was, I, I'll be honest, we, we were lamenting. We were lamenting moving from Dublin, Ireland to Springfield, Missouri. That was like 98% white. We're like, oh, we love our, our people, but, you know, we missed the diversity. It was so, so incredible, uh, literally working with all nations. I thought we were going to work with the Irish. Little did I know. <laughs> um, but it was a phenomenal experience there in Ireland. They, they had not seen a man get baptized in over six years. Um, and uh, then God just started doing miracles, miracles, uh, just of people from literally all over the place. One story is really inspiring. Uh, actually, why don't you come and share Joyce's story? Let Maggie share that. Anything else on your heart? Okay, I'll, I'll share my where I come from or where I'm going to. Um, so we this a lot of refugees would come over to seek asylum in Ireland uh, from other countries that they were being, you know, wars and just all kinds of stuff happening. So this one woman named Joyce from Cameroon came over. She had her baby, and she was living in the, the housing that they provide. You know, so she had no real way of transportation. But she would, I mean, we're like, she would come in the rain with her baby to study the Bible. And you just couldn't stop her. She just couldn't wait to know the truth. And just the humility I just, I'm amazed I got to be part of her life and part of her story that God, I mean, I just learned so much from being in this woman, this woman's studies. Uh, we baptized her in the Irish Sea. I'm just like, and then she like baptized several of her friends and God, I mean, they're now, she's married, they're in the church. It's just amazing. God, God's amazing. Um, do you want me to come back in a minute? No, you're fine. Okay. Go for it. Okay. So for the where I'm going, I just wanted to share for me personally, you know, being a Christian 23 years, I, you know, I just feel like I've gotten real set in my trauma real set in my ways real set in how I think and I'm like I God has really been doing a mind renewal for me um really teaching me that I can be used for him in a different way when I'm transformed in the way that I think about situations about relationships about all things um you know and I've I've been doing this it's called mind metanoia mind change method I don't know if you guys have heard of that ministry but I've really been learning what it means to really change my mind and really think in accordance with being a victor and not a victim because I've, I've really um I didn't realize how much in my thoughts I, I was judging. I was not loving. I was not being renewed. Um, but God's really opening that up and freeing me as as my mind gets renewed. So that that's, I feel like, where I'm going. And I thought, oh, I thought I was further along. And I'm God's just really taking me. He's like, no, there's so much more. It's so much better if you keep walking this path. So, yeah. Amen. Amen. And uh, we'll go to the next slide. And, you know, we're... Currently there in Springfield, Missouri, been uh, there just a little over three years now, and um, been a real encouraging uh, time there in Springfield. And the the highlight in Springfield has been uh, seeing all of our teens get baptized. I, it's been amazing what God has been doing uh, there. Is and one of the one of the youth that she's now at the University of Missouri, Brad Duggan's daughter, Lauren, uh, was baptized a little over a year ago now. And actually, Brad came back to church, which is a huge victory. He's now leading worship on Sundays. So, uh, so that's, that's been really encouraging. And Brad and I go way back. We actually coached one year football. That one year, I, was, you know, I hired him as my assistant there. Um, so, so, yeah, again, kingdom's amazing. Um, but uh, and then another young man, uh, Nate Nisi, he went on a Hope Youth Corps over to Lebanon, and he got COVID, and he was stuck in his hotel room 
And uh, he's like, what else am I going to do but think about my faith and my journey? And so he ends up deciding to get baptized while he was over there in Lebanon. Uh, so, so literally all of our uh, youth that have grown up in the church that are of age uh, have become uh, Christians. And uh, that's all to God and his glory. And I, I really, the, the example of the parents. So uh, that, that's been the huge victory there in Springfield. And we really praise God for that. And, and you know, and I share these stories because... You know, that, that's been our heart. Like, we, you know, know we're going to heaven. And I am so grateful for those who shared with me and invited me into God's family and taught me who the Lord is. And that's been our passion. we got to take as many with us as possible because I want them to have what I have. And, again, I couldn't have ever dreamt to have the experiences we've had and been a part of so many people's lives and, and seeing so many people make Jesus Lord, and it's all to his glory, truly, truly all to his glory. You know, and I, I cannot imagine what that day will be like when I reach heaven. The many saints that I'll run up to and embrace and thank them for their love and encouragement. The apostles' teaching and examples of faith and perseverance. Peter's example of faith when he preached at the day of Pentecost. Stephen's example of humility, grace, and love in the face of being stoned to death. Paul's example of faith, taking the mission to wherever the Spirit led him in face of great opposition, even while being in chains and getting right back up after being beat to near death. My late grandmother, Mabel Butterfield, and her example of, of faith. Maggie's late grandmother, Margie Stout, and her amazing prayer life. Ronnie Collins and his wife, Sybil, and Ronnie, he couldn't carry a tune in church, but his love was contagious. And his wife, Sybil, and their advice that they gave to Maggie and I in our dating and our engagement were truly words that have been foundational to our marriage. And, of course, many who are still with us, who have impacted us greatly through their example, their love, and their encouragement. And more than anything, anyone is my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, whom I will get to hug for eternity. You know, while in Ireland, it was tough having to wait over a year's time to come back to see our families. Hard to wait that long to give our moms and our grandparents and uh, aunts and, you know, sisters hugs, right? Uh, but in a far greater way, I am away from my true home with my Heavenly Father, I don't know how long I'll have to wait, but I know that I can't wait to be home with him for eternity. And in the meantime, I hope and pray that I will help take as many as possible along with me to their true home in heaven. Praise God.